Hello, and welcome to another edition of Interviewing the Legends, brought to you by the Publicity Works Agency, devoted to promoting musicians and authors worldwide. Call us today at 941-877-1552 to start your free publicity evaluation. Remember, we shine only when we make you shine. Please welcome the host of Interviewing the Legends, music journalist, author, and entrepreneur, Ray Shasho. Hello once again, everyone. I'm your host, Ray Shasho. Welcome to another edition of Interviewing the Legends on BBS Radio TV, brought to you by the Rockstar Chronicles Series 1, my new book featuring over 45 intimate conversations with the greatest music legends the world will ever know, available now at bookbaby.com and amazon.com. Robert Berry has managed to survive in the treacherous minefield that is the music business and flourished as a performer, songwriter, and producer. It seems he's done it all. While he may be best known as the vocalist bass player in the ELP spinoff three with Keith Emerson and Carl Palmer, Barry's impressive list of credits include a stint fronting Ambrosia and long-running affiliations with Alliance, December People, and the Greg Kinn Band. Barry has released five solo albums, contributed to a number of high-profile tribute albums, and has an impressive track record in the studio. Robert has just released on Frontier Records his new album of new music entitled Third Impression under the name 3.2 Third Impression. Featuring the last track entitled Never that Barry and his friend and mentor Keith Emerson worked on together before Emerson's tragic passing. Please welcome Grammy-nominated recording artist, songwriter, producer, and multi-instrumentalist Robert Barry to Interviewing the Legends. Hello, Robert. Oh, can't hear you. Oh boy, here we go. Oh, uh, I think we're okay. Okay, Are you? got you. Yeah, I was saying, I think we're out of time after that introduction. <laughs> That's How it. Are you, Ray? <laughs> good, man. Very this good. Is our second time together. The the last time we reviewed the last album, which was right. a five star album, of course, and of course well, this five stars. I love well, it. Well, I appreciate that. You know, the the rules have changed. Was the last one a couple years ago. And you know that in the middle of it, we lost Keith Emerson, and that was tragic for the whole world, and especially tragic for me being in the middle of an album with him and sort of a 27-year-later dream come true to do a second three album, So, which is the reason we called the band 3.2, because it's sort of the second version of three. It did so well, as you said, that they asked me, Frontier said, you need to do another album. I said, I I don't want to do another one. Keith's gone. I mean, this, this is done. They said, well, don't you have any more songs? And I had one, which is on the album, Never. But to make a long story shorter, uh, 
I said, you know, I, I, it's just sort of my little trophy, my memento. And well, it's really, they said it like this. We have white snake. We have journey. We have yes. We have a, we have everybody on our label. Your last album did really well. We can't tell you what they sold, but you did really well. You need to do a follow-up. Right. So I thought, well, that was, I've never heard that from a record company quite like that. That was nice. I said, you know what? If I can write seven or eight songs that I think Keith would have said, oh, those are good. Let's see what I could do with them. And if I could get there within my own self, I'll finish up never the nine minute tune that was left over from the, the previous workings. And uh, I'll see what we have, but I, I don't really think I'll be doing a third three album. It wound up, were because it's just in my DNA and I spent time with Keith writing, touring, everything. And I'm a keyboard player. Besides, it was like a piano lesson every day I was with them that these songs came out and I sent it to my manager on the record company. And they said, this is really good. We should put it out. So th there's the story of why there's a third three album or a second 3.2 album. If you want to look at it that way and why I get to talk to you again, or else you'd be saying, Oh, that Barry guy's calling me. <laughs> Don't answer the phone. <laughs> Well, you got enough on your res on your resume besides this album, so I would have called you anyway. <laughs> but th this is this is the important part of my life as a musician. Get, get it, let, let me explain it this way: When Keith Emerson said you want to be in the band, they were I want to be able to start a band with you. I didn't realize what that would do for my whole life in music. But at one point, I had to fill in on keyboards for a band called the Tubes. You probably know who the Tubes are oh, yeah. white punks on dope. I mean. Yeah. crazy hard music, really complicated. And I had three days to do it because they're, they're keyboard players in my December people band. And he was really sick and he couldn't do this show in New York. I'm in California. I had three days to learn the whole set. And Roger Steen, who's a friend of mine now, but didn't know me from Adam then said, well, I got to get together and rehearse. I'm the musical director. And I said, I, I, if I rehearse, I only have three days to learn it and all the parts and I have to do the high vocals. I said, if you tell me anything, I'm going to lose it all. He goes, well, I'm the musical director. I usually have more control of who plays with us. I said, Roger, I played with Keith Emerson. It was difficult and it went great. He goes, okay. I mean, just to show you a whole nother level of what that time did for my life, you know, <laughs> stamp of approval, I guess I'd say. Exactly. Yeah. I love Keith, man. He he was on the oh. show and we had a great conversation. We talked about the spinning uh piano piano yeah yeah he, he he was a good guy i was shocked i was like you I, i'm really shocked man when that happened it was well you got to figure too that we were working on a follow-up album and frontiers yeah. had offered us really good money a year to do it complete artistic control everything that keith that made keith happy so this was his happy place right and doing music and i knew he had some issues that he was dealing with Right. And he wasn't happy about some shows he had to do, you know, and he said the uh, live voltage, whatever thing in England just went OK, but never a really a despondent kind of thing. But then again, you know, you know, a little bit probably about people that commit suicide. You can't see in that hole they're in oh. and they can't see out of that hole they're in. So, yeah. Actually, my, my best friend committed suicide, and uh, sometimes you you don't see it come. You just don't see it no. come. You know, it's yeah, very hard to prevent. Did did Keith it, have any issues with his hands or anything? You know, that's what people like to think. Oh, he couldn't play, so he you know he, yeah. he offed himself. 
that wasn't it at all. I mean, there, there's actually video from a week before the, this all went down where he's talking about the Japanese show he had to do and he's playing a little, sure, I mean, it hurts, but mm-hmm. hey, some of us, when we walk, it hurts, you know? So he, he could still play. The right hand wasn't as good. It, you know, there were so many things, you know, the home issues and health issues, um, you know, he had impending heart conditions, so things that I think just added up in the criticism that happened during that last show in England uh, really bugged him because mm. he was susceptible. That's what broke up three originally, two guys writing letters that criticized him. And that really bothered him, you know, but yeah, I, I can't go too much into it, but there were so many circumstances that nobody knew about that were things that you, you just wouldn't, wouldn't imagine that that, yeah. that was going on, you know, anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a shame that the critics really bother these legendary artists because some of them are just pure idiots, man. There's a lot of guys on in Rolling Stone that really hurt a lot of people. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, Keith was here in California with his career. And, you know, in, in the United States, we're flavor of the month or flavor of the week. Right. right? We're right. we're not into royalty kind of like they are in Europe. Mm-hmm. Keith would have moved back to Europe. Exactly. And I think his career would have soared. He would have got the right kind of reception, the right kind of support, uh, everything. You know, we're tough here. We're, we're used to be having to look at the flavor of the week to go, eh, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick to my guns. We're, we're, we're just that way. But I don't know. It just wasn't right for him. And he did some things, but nothing really great. And then the rules have changed. We're working on it. It comes out and he's gone. And it, welcome with open arms of people going oh my god look at he could still write stuff and and he could still play even though i had to replace his parts i didn't make up those parts he did right yeah. i'm just capable of xerox copying we'll call it you know we're taking a photograph and i have the moog we talked about all this stuff before but yeah 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 he's a, he was a genius man you know i, I had oh, carl, yeah. palmer, carl palmer on the show i had greg lake on the show and oh well yeah you know, it was funny to hear greg banter about the other guys in the band. yeah <laughs> he, he greg was a little more open about it but i gotta tell you carl and keith we're on tour especially in 88 mm-hmm. there's a video out where they say so uh, keith what's greg doing they said he said uh i think the last time i saw him they were using him to swab out some tunnel i mean it was just awful stuff right and i only met greg once they kept me from him <laughs> Even when ELP reunion tours, I'd go to see it, call me, come on, we're playing here. I come yeah. and say, let me meet Greg. When I finally met him, he was a lovely guy. Um, he was a talented guy. Even back in 88, when the criticism was about Keith doing songs like Carl did in Asia, you know, nobody criticized Carl for three, but they criticized Keith. All they said to me was, we want Greg Lake back. Let's get ELP together. And I was like, I get it. I'm a Greg Lake fan. Sure. <laughs> I, I get it. Didn't bother me a bit. Yeah, I think it was Keith. He told me, uh, I told him I had uh, Greg on the show, and he said, Oh, yeah, how's that fat bastard doing? And you know, Greg wouldn't appear on the sh- on the show on Skype. He we just did an audio thing. He, he said, Yeah, uh, you don't want to see me. <laughs> well, he had some some issues that put on a lot of weight. When I finally got to meet him. Uh, Greg and Keith were doing their duo show with uh, using a drum machine, you know, for Carl. Really? And uh, I thought, 
oh, this is going to be bad. And after about two songs, like Keith was the sound of ELP. Keith was the sound of three, you know, Greg was the voice. I right. was the voice of three. He was the voice of ELP. Not to d- take it, anything away from Carl, because my God, he's playing better than ever, and he's still doing it. Even at he's not that old, but even at the age, you know, drummers, it's harder physically. But they still had all the main ingredients. And when I met Greg, I said, "Wow, I was blown away that without a drummer, even Cozy or anybody, that this really worked for me." And he shook my hand. He goes, "Good to meet you, mate." And his hand was twice as big as mine because he had gained so much weight. His hand was huge, you know, but um, he was really gracious and really nice. And him and Keith were getting along just fine at that point. You know, Carl and Keith, not so much, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's a family, you know, so it's a relationship. Yeah. Uh, The the thing about this album. uh, you wanted to form a more melodic song oriented band and it comes through hundred percent. It's not the heavy prog, you know, like, like right. an ELP. It's, it's actually so, something you can, it can go down in history as a, a classic rock, great album, you know, well, I appreciate prog, that. You know, it's a great album and your voice is incredible. Well, I, I, Thank you for that. I, I have to give Keith some credit for way back in 1988 for wanting a little bit of that success that Carl had with Asia. That's the only reason that it got right. started. Right. And he put his whole self into it. And like I said, he was the sound of three. They, mm-hmm. I, people say, well, how could you do these albums? Even with Keith gone, I mean, half of Third Impression, the new one, is mm-hmm. supposed to be under the guidelines of what Keith and I have decided that. 3.2 was going to be a three that continued. But back in 88, Keith was the sound and half the writer. I was the voice and half the writer. So we still had all those pieces of three that we brought forward, except for the, the drum beat, you know. And on this one, I did make one conscious effort, though, to move it toward more what I, I'm going to have to do on my own. I can't do the three sound on my own. It belongs to Keith and I. Right. You know, and I said, you know, I need to do more guitar because my thing is more like it wasn't like GTR Asia, half guitar, half keyboards. That's really more of my personal thing. Right. And now the key's gone. It's going to head that way. So I took a chance even on the first song of this album, Top of the World. It starts with about a minute of acoustic guitar, like Celtic guitar, right? I thought, you know, if people are going to go with me to the next phase, the fans and people like the, the music I do, I'm going to make them either love sitting through this guitar thing or suffer through it thinking they're going to get to some more three stuff, right? Which they did. Mm -hmm. But um, I pleasantly surprised by the response to people. Um, It's been truly welcome with open arms again. I mean, like I said, you wouldn't have taken my call, but (laughs) you would have hung up. (laughs) Oh, not Barry. (laughs) You got a lot of great reviews, man, on Amazon, YouTube. It's, it's incredible you know, on this album. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of artists, a lot of legendary artists, they put out a new album. They don't get that much response right away. And you did. Yeah, I, it, I, what, I was worried. Let me tell you, right. The, the day before, you know, I, I got the writing done, got the songs done. I finished never. I went, Oh my God, I didn't realize what a big piece and a great piece of music this was because I had too many songs and the rule had changed. I didn't need to do one more. So right. I just sort of left it behind, but it was done. I'm like, wow. And then, 
uh, Nick, my manager in England and Frontier, said, this album's really good. It's just great. I'm okay, let's do it. I'm all excited then. Everybody's, you know, my little circle liking it. Then there's the day before the album's released. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> the rules of change was a special time in everybody's life with Keith, special time, especially in mine. The lyrics, were, they show that. They reveal feelings I didn't even know were going on in me. And then the reviews on Billboard charts, and it was so good. Oh, my God, the day before this, I'm, I'm ruining that. I'm ruining the legacy of, of the three that I ended the right way with 3.2. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt the day before it came out. Did you really? The day after it came out, I'm like, well, it's it looks like it's happening again. People are not saying, oh, he's trying to trade on the three name or blah, blah, blah. You know, there was the negativity wasn't there. Nope. And funny enough, the arc of life came out the same day. So I'm reading, I'm looking for reviews and I'm seeing theirs. I'm going, oh, those poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing mine. I'm thinking, God, I hope, you know, Dave, Dave's a friend of mine and I don't know Billy really well, but you know, some of those guys, I mean, no, I'm thinking, Oh man, I hope I don't talk to him next, next couple of weeks because it really, again, third impression was open arms and um, they could tell how much I cared about it. I think that's what people really get when they sure. listen to it. I really, really care. And I want this to be three albums for the band three that's why I'm pressing a vinyl on the third one too. I did third. Uh, the rules have changed. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> let me, I'll tell you what. Here, let me let me grab my notes. Okay. I, I, I got my I notes. Did, uh, <laughs> here's my notes. <laughs> we have the the 12 inch of the first one, of course, because vinyl was still happening. Oh, my watch is saying, "Did you fall again?" Got <laughs> some cool. bouncing around. Yeah. And you know, I got the rights back on the uh, rules of change because Frontiers wasn't going to do a vinyl. And it was important to me to have one. So I did that. I had the two, wasn't going to do a third album. Now they put it out and I, it just doesn't look right, does it? I need a vinyl. I want to put them on my wall. I'm, I'm proud. It's their trophies of my, my best part of my life. So I got the rights back to do that too. Good, good, good. good only doing 200 of them. It's going to be really scarce because I also feel like All these I want it to be, want it to be scarce. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what this album did? ELP had a following for years and years and years. They still do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But there are some people that don't, you know, understand that heavy prog and the heavy Oregon and everything else. What sure. you, you brought in some uh, new listeners to to and to listen to uh, Keith Emerson's music and Carl Palmer's music in a different way, and I respect that because I love it. I think it's great. Rick Wakeman's latest oh. album's kind of like that too. He didn't go all out and you know do the uh, the journey thing and whatever, but totally right. a little bit more you know mainstream. I guess a little bit more mainstream. Mainstream is our life, not today's yep. today's mainstream. Yeah, it's funny you say that too because. In the time in 1988, where the three to the power of three came out, Yes had, was it a big generator, owner of Lonely Hearts, you know, they had um, yeah. some songs that were actually poppier than three. <laughs> they were pretty poppy. Genesis definitely popped. Um, the bands that withstood that end of the sort of era before the grunge hit the 90s exactly. were doing stuff. Right. It just, and they all accepted. The only guy who wasn't accepted doing that was Keith Emerson. 
Yeah. What? That's not fair. So right. now I actually am trying to take the more Asia kind of music, even that Yes did, and exactly. I'm trying to add some of that, the Emerson solos and the keyboard stuff and the prog back into it, where it's a little more demanding right. in around the song. Yep. And I mean, that's just kind of what I love. So I've always been yeah. a big Asia fan. I, Steve Howe, I got to work with, you know, um, big Steve Howe fan, big Emerson, huge Wakeman fan. I mean, Wakeman was my guy, actually. I couldn't play the Keith stuff. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> you know? Um, I had Wakeman on my show recently. He's, he's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I've only met him a couple times. We had the same manager in England, and he was a really a lovely guy. Mm-hmm. Unpretentious. I mean, like Keith. You'd think Keith would have been kind of, you know, you're talking about ELP being criticized. They were criticized for being pompous. That's what the people couldn't get across, you know. They were like, yeah. And uh, Wakeman never had any of that that I saw, you know, never yeah. pompous. Kinda. Yeah. I want to talk about the new album and some of the tracks that I fell in love with. First okay. of all, Top of the World. I heard a little Zeppelin in there. Am I right? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that that's um, my drum thing. Uh-huh. And uh, it is definitely John Bonham, you yeah. know, with Carl Palm, with Carl Palmer <laughs> put into it. I right. like that really solid beat. Also, just as a side note, you know, when Sammy Hager tours now with the circle, Jason Bonham says drummer. Mm-hmm. I do the keyboard tracks for Sammy for his live show. When the keyboards for the Van Halen stuff come on, that's me playing the keyboards right. digitally recorded. Jason puts a headphone on and here's the click, you know, so you play it. But I put his dad's count off on there. So he's hearing his dad going one, two, wow. three on every song when you hear that. And, uh, so yeah so the bottoms are a big part of my personal life and what i love about drumming mm-hmm. so yeah there there's some of that heavy stuff you know i do that with my band alliance too i get mm-hmm. fairly heavy with the, the really drum good. stuff really yeah good. definitely yeah. yeah and i was a big robert plant fan so i thought you know i'm gonna stretch out on this i'm gonna sure. do a little Waylon. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you play guitar on these tracks yeah well here's the other thing that it's all me because Frontiers wanted a three album. They were fine with Keith and I doing it. They were fine if Keith and I wanted to use Simon Phillips. Then when Keith was gone, they said, look, we don't want, like Yes has done, adding a bunch of people. We don't want that. Yeah, exactly. We've always wanted a three album. Right. And I said, well, I'm capable of doing the stuff, you know, and we have, Keith and I had a lot of our recorded. So um, I said, let me, finish it up on this was on the rules of change and see what you think I, and i don't do it be, to play all the instruments on album I, I don't even care if that's mentioned i don't want it mentioned because i want it to be accepted as music mm-hmm. but again i'm capable you know I, I, I well what i'm doing today my client we i've taken a break to talk to you with the client it's a christian rock thing right. uh the bass player is from the band count five in the 60s had a song called psychotic reaction yeah so, well, fairly well-known guys he's in here today uh. I'm doing drums and keyboards for him. If Roy didn't play bass, I'd be doing the bass. It, it's what I do when people come in. I'm the utility guy. Yeah. Whatever they need done in my studio when they're here, they you know what? We need a Hammond B3 part. Okay, pull it out. Hey, you know, we we don't like our drummer. When we come in, can you do the drum? I do the drums for him. Yeah. It's, and that's 30 years of doing that at, at Sound Tech here. So I use my skills every day, basically, I, I get to practice on other people every day. <laughs> sure. 
Well, tell the yeah. Count Five guy he can come on my show anytime he wants. I love the band. And, well, when they get the album done, that would be yeah. really something. Yeah, they'd love that. I did a lot of Christian rock guys here on the show too. You know, so yeah, and, and, and look, it's look a new. It's a new thing for Roy Cheney's his name. Great guy. Again, uh, become a friend of mine, like Roger Steen from the tubes. Roger Steen was in yesterday. Mm-hmm. I did a drum track for him and mm-hmm. a bass track and a, and a keyboard track. And yeah. he plays guitar and some keyboards. And uh, then he sings, of course, and writes his own songs. I'm his utility guy, you know, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I couldn't have a better life in, in music. And again, Keith yep. Emerson gave me the stamp of approval where people walk in, they go, oh, well, this guy, he's going to be able to do it. Your studio, no problem. by the way. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll show you a little bit. This is uh, the, the Neve console. I have a Neve right. console here. The old two-inch is still in the corner. Two-inch and the, the quarter-inch uh, tape machines. Right. You'll see, I think you can see all this. You see the Moog yeah. up there. Yep. Um, Kurzweil, Korg. Over here is Pro Tools. This is my, I'll just swing this around. I hope I don't make you dizzy and you throw up. Oh, wow. Uh, that's the pro, t- pro yeah. tools is here. Um, you know, uh, the Korg Oasis, which Keith helped me get is mm-hmm. there. You might, you know, I should, I, I got this phone hooked to this stand so I don't have to hold it. But let me take this out here. This here, these are guitars and basses I use every day. Right. In this room here. I don't know if you can see them wow. at the light. Fantastic. But, there's kind of one of each that all, you know, L5. Uh-huh. I, I have a Jim, Jimmy Page six and 12 string Gibson there. Yep. All the acoustics. Uh, I, I'm going to show you one thing that people haven't seen that I just did recently. I've been looking for about 15, 20 years. I didn't realize when I was working with Keith and Carl that the stuff mm-hmm. we were playing that I thought was ELP was actually started by the nice Rondo America. Right. The nice is really the band. Mm-hmm. They put classic music into rock and roll. Sure. They should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, this is the exact kind of bass that Lee Jackson played, mm-hmm. a Vox. Ew. It's the same color. My dad had the Vox store when I was little in San Jose, California here. I had never seen that bass. And all huh. of a sudden, one came up. I'm too close to the camera. <laughs> one came up on eBay. I've been looking for it. I wanted to add that to my collection. Uh, through Aaron Emerson, I've never met Lee, but he asked Lee if I could send it to him, if he'd sign it. So Lee Jackson's going to be signing that bass. Just part of the, my, the family that uh, raised me, you know. Unbelievable. So, I mean, this is like a museum down here. There's all wow. kinds of three, four drum sets, uh, Vox amps, Marshalls, all kinds of stuff, you know, that uh, we, that's a whole other show. Maybe we'll talk a different time about the, the yeah. museum here. Now, is this in your house or is this a separate building? Or no, what? this is my, this is a building. Mm-hmm. I'm in a little city called Campbell. Okay. Um, you know, I'm in Silicon Valley, which right. is San Jose, California. If I sort of point this is quick, easier. If I go south one mile that way, it's Netflix where it started. There are three mm-hmm. campuses. If I go one mile northeast right. is eBay, where eBay wow. started. You sure. know, if I go two miles north, is that big apple. If you ever seen the big apple complex, they built the big circle. Sure. And it's sure. almost all out of glass. I have some friends that work there and they said, everybody is breaking their nose and stuff because they walk into the glass. <laughs> it's so clear, but that's two miles to the North and everything else that 
Facebook and everything else that started here. I'm right in the middle of it in this little town that where some of the sidewalks are still dirt. Some of the streets, you know, are sort of incorporated, but yeah. it's about five blocks long, right in the middle of Silicon awesome. Valley. It's fantastic. I would never leave. <laughs> it's perfect. No, I, well, <laughs> you, you, if you're raised here, you can stay. If you yeah. want to move here, forget it. I mean, a, a little house is a million too, a little tiny, oh, yeah. nothing, you know, yeah. Yeah. This is a booming well, area where I'm at. I'm in uh, Sarasota, Florida. Ah, you're, and, you're where um, Rosfest is going to leave out of. Is that right? Where they're going to have it, I think. Or is that where the Cruise of the Edge is going to be leaving out of? Cruise of the Edge, probably. Okay. Waterdale, maybe. Okay. Yeah. But we got Rick Derringer, Liz Close to Me, Brian Johnson of ACDC. We got a lot of, a lot cool. of guys. Yeah. Fantastic. A lot of guys that live down here. It's, it's, the weather's awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I love I quote Florida all the time because California shut down and Florida shut down for just a little bit. And our numbers are the same. Actually, yeah. Florida's are better. Yeah. So what does that tell everybody? That's you know, closed here. Nothing is closed. No curfew. And, you know. And you guys are doing OK. And it's good. Yeah. I'm in the middle of uh, the hornet's nest here, so I don't want to say too much, but. We're going to open up in June now, so our governor is being recalled, and there's going to be a vote on him, so he's trying to play nice. So he's going to start opening up things and letting people make a living. You know, it's, it's been rough. Hey, what's horrible? I just, I just talked to Frank Marino. Remember him from the Hunter? Yes, oh, yeah. He's yeah. in Montreal, and things are horrible. There. He think, he's thinking about moving to the United States, even Florida, but they have a curfew. They still have a curfew, and if you're out, they'll, they'll fine you six thousand dollars. I mean, it's it's crazy. Canada is not like what it used to be. Yeah, it's inter- interesting. Uh, I, I talked to Ian Crichton of Saga, the guitar player, quite yeah. a bit, you know. And uh, I'm going to ask him about that because he kind of lives not as a hermit, but you know, he doesn't do a whole lot of things. He's always working the band and recording, yeah. doing the stuff. So he's not out and about a lot. But I, I'll ask him about that. I'm surprised. That's too bad. Yeah. It is too bad. Well, Top of the World should be a James Bond theme. <laughs> That's, yeah. Sounds like a soundtrack, you know? It really does. Uh, some of the other tunes I love, okay, Black of Night is kind of very Keith Emerson, you know? Yes. Uh, Killer of Hope sounds a little bit like Kansas. Oh. Picked up a little Kansas from that, you know, and that that's where the mainstream, more mainstream comes out, I guess. The Asia thing. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Um, cool. Missing Missing Peace. Again, that's you playing guitar. It's an epic yeah. track. And you play yeah. great guitar. I, I, was, I didn't realize you played such great guitar work. You're hiding yeah. that. I, I don't play great guitar, but you see, I have great guitars. You just saw them. That, that's all it I takes. Know. You just have to own them. (laughs) I admire you being a multi-instrumentalist the way you are. That's, that's not easy. I don't think that's easy. I was, I was always a huge Jeff Beck fan. Yep. And uh, I feel like Jeff Beck doesn't know how to play guitar. He's just part of the guitar because I don't know how he does what he does. Right. Amazing guy. Um, And that isn't something people identify in, in my plane, but me, I always feel like a musician has a certain look and vibe when he plays. Like a drummer looks like what they're playing. If they're a good drummer, they hit it and their head moves and everything. And I get into character for the instruments I'm going to play. And 
even though if I'm just here in the control room or something, you know, I still, I, I see myself tall and thin like Jeff Beck. <laughs> cool. Uh, a bond of unions is beautiful too. Everybody seems to love that, that song. The video, song. the guy that uh, Bernie did up on the Austrian Hills there, he did that right. lyric video. And for a lyric video, he added the human touch to that. And he had like the world spinning and there's a wolf pack. It's mm -hmm. about, well, I, I wrote it for my mom when, when mm -hmm. she died, but I yeah. wanted to make it where everybody could find their family in that song. Beautiful and when song. he sent me that and had the wolf pack walking, I'm like, oh my God, this guy nailed the yeah. feel of that song, really. Fantastic. You got a lot of compliments on that song, man. Yeah. A lot of compliments. Uh, emotional trigger. Who's playing that? <laughs> is that you or is that? that that's me. It, that's the one song that, that wasn't written um, once Keith and I back, got back together. I had written that 10 years before and sent it to Keith. Because, you know, I was always trying to do something. We did a bunch of things together. Right. And he called me. He goes, whoa, I love that. He goes, that's really good. But you don't want me playing on there. He goes, that piano's perfect. He goes, I just messed it up, making it more busy. And your voice with no vibrato. Oh, you, you should do a whole album like this. Yeah. That's so, I was thinking the same thing. Well, I just, I wanted to do that with him. So he didn't want to do it. So I set it aside. I, I wasn't going to, I have enough, I wear enough hats, let's say, you know. Yeah. I got my harder rock thing, got my progressive thing, and then all the clients. I do, I do Mexican music for some clients, mariachi stuff even. Oh. I, I know how to do it, you know. <laughs> and uh, then I thought, well, since he was gone this last album, I'm going to pull that song back out. Yeah. And you know, update it a little bit with the, the singing, mm -hmm. and uh, it was really different. And I was taking another chance on that because it's another piece that Keith loved Oscar Peterson. I like Oscar Peterson. My mom and dad had a big band, so it wasn't far from, you know, that cocktail jazz or whatever it is. Yeah. So I, it was risky, and not a lot of people have said much about it. That mm. The people that like it, like it, but other people, no one said they don't like it. So that's been the good news, I guess. I'm a big jazz fan also, and you, you nailed it. I loved it. I love to hear, I love to hear that kind of music nowadays because, you know, jazz is – where is it today? You know, you got to really find it, you know. And it's American, right? One of the few blues and jazz, the exactly. real American uh, thing. We, we own that. I okay. I had eight years of classical piano and two years of jazz piano lessons. So 10 years altogether. I took a lot of lessons. Plus, I majored in, majored in music in college. So um, some of that, it's swirling around inside of me mm -hmm. from really when I was a baby and my parents had the big band. Yeah. You know, it's just part of who I am. Yeah. I was a big Sinatra fan, and he had a great band behind him, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the, the, the best, right? For the, yeah. for the day, yeah. Yeah. I got to see him five times in, in concert. Wow. Vegas, Atlantic City, he had front row seats, and the guy was incredible. That's amazing. Another guy, another guy I miss is, is Frank. He was, he was cool. Uh, fond farewell, uh, kind of sounded like Asia on that tune. I, I, I picked it was that. picked but from the record company as the first single, really. Um, because exactly. I never know, and yeah. you need to see the video on that. Mm -hmm. They did, um, they asked me, We need a video. I said, Okay, I'm really lousy at video concepts, you know. Um, I always try to think, Well, I have to make this fit in the budget, so let's dumb it down. 
Right. And I had an idea. I told them the idea. They said, we hate that idea. Do you mind if we try something? And I thought, oh, yeah, well, go right ahead. I, I want out of that video thing. <laughs> they did a video, a sci-fi video, basically Fawn Farewell's Last Man on Earth. Mm-hmm. And you have to see it. it. It is so well done. I haven't seen videos like this since MTV did things right. Right. And people are seeing her going, wow, because it's sci-fi, too, which makes it kind of cool. And uh, th- th- I, I have to give all the credit to Frontiers, Serafino, Mario. Uh, the guy there, whoever they got to direct this thing. And here's this happy-go-lucky Italian guy. Everybody thinks it's me, but it's just another guy, you know, waltzing through this destruction and different things that he sees as the last man on earth, basically. Was just this, a really... Was this the NASA the video? Yes. Was, yes yeah, 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 it's it. Yeah. You that know, was cool. <laughs> I couldn't believe they did such a good job. They put me to shame with my idea, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was at first. I thought it might be a a trailer to a sci-fi movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was. They they nailed it. Yeah, you know? and very cool. That was the first single and the first video, and I think it launched the thing the right way. You know, yeah. they always wanted me to do an Asia album, Frontiers. Oh, do an album like Asia. I said, you know, I just have to do me. Yeah, me me is me is three. Me is Keith and Carl and yeah. myself. You know, that's kind of the the vibe of what, I mean, I was half the songwriter and the voice of three. It wasn't like I was faking it. Like I wanted to be ELP meets Asia. That it's just, that's, I brought those songs in before three was together. I had right. written them right. except for maybe a lover to lover. That was one that I didn't have, but anyway, I can gab, you know, that you remember from last time. Never. Uh, awesome intro. Uh, I hear Kansas and Foreigner in there, which brings mm. that more mainstream. I mean, the album's a, you know, I give it five star. We're all about five stars, but it's five plus. Wow. <laughs> I can wow. do five plus, I will. I love the album. Wow. Thank Great you. Album. And it, is it uh, available everywhere now or is it? Can you, yeah, you it's Amazon, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm a lousy salesman. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't say I'm pressing the vinyl because I want to make money because I sell them for 25 bucks. I mean, they're on my website, but I, you know, I could put it with a distributor. I could do this. They'd sell what vinyls for 45 usually or something. Right. But, and, but on my website is all the links to every format there is. And, you know, the t-shirts, vinyl, all that stuff's on there. I'm just not much. I don't do music for the monetary part of it. Right. I, I have to make some money at it to keep going. Yeah. But it, it's just too much a part of who I am. And, and look, I was on stage before I was born with my mom singing in my dad's big band. Right. I, for, until she was eight months pregnant. Nobody knew, you know, she was a little, little lady. I was a little baby. <laughs> you know, and I can't help it. It's just what I love, what I do and all I do, you know, and uh, then my web guy puts it all on the website. So he's responsible for sure. all that. Sure. <laughs> Do you know Billy Sherwood? I don't know him really. I, I, I've, you know, met him a couple times, um, but I'd say no, I don't know him. Because you know, his dad was a big band guy too, famous yeah. big band guy. You know, and and his godfather was Milton Berle. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is he Billy? Billy has a better memory than me. That's how he can be in bands like Yes and stuff. I, I could never do that and be 
I, I don't mean as a tribute band, but you have to play. If, if I'm going to be in a band that had Chris Squire in it, I'm mm. going to damn well play his parts. That would be really hard for me to remember. So yeah. Billy has a memory like a steel trap, I think, because he's, man, I, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. I had Greg Kidd on the show. We hit it off oh, really funny. well. He's from Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore originally. Ah. Hell of a nice guy. What, what's going on with the Greg Kidd band lately? Every, you know, and that, that's another facet of what I do. And it's the simple three chord thing. It's, it's almost like my day off working yeah. with Greg because he's so much fun. You yeah. know, we're both prolific. He's in every week for four right. hours. That day bounces around and we write something. He's in Friday of this week. Mm-hmm. And we just get together and write songs, and he and I do demos on them. And when we get twelve that we think are a good album, we put out another album. We only have five or six right now, we, although we have twenty songs. <laughs> but we have five or six because that has to be a Greg Kin album. It has to be that jangly garage rock, right. maybe the 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 niche that Tom Petty left behind. Now you know that it's got to be something that fits Greg's style, right? Um, and that's sort of my part of it as the producer of the music to make sure it is a Greg Kinn album. So we have a good time. As you said, he's easy to talk to. He's a lot of fun. Um, and we write and we eat. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Alliance? What's happening with Alliance? And you know this, that um, before I moved to England to work with Keith and Carl, mm-hmm. Sammy went to Van Halen and Geffen tried to put me with his band. Yeah, I mean, to sort of replace Sammy Hagar, but not be a Sammy Hagar. I mean, no, who could be Sammy Hagar, you know, Dynamo. But I was already leaving, so I had to tell them I couldn't do it. Came back three years later. They still hadn't found somebody they liked. I joined the band every six or seven albums, if we need to or not. I mean, every year, every six or seven years, I should say, we put out an album because Gary's busy with the band Boston. Yeah, Dave still does Sammy Hagar gigs. Uh, he's doing a couple right now for... birthday bash maybe he did last year and he's doing some charity thing yeah um plus dave lauser got married so that took up some time and you know i'm busy doing 3.2 i did a tour 2019 uh i already have a few shows booked for 2022 and of course greg kin so Mm -hmm. we have to find slots we've slotted in the middle of july this year to finish up an album we've had sitting there for five years half of it Good. And maybe next year there'll be an Alliance album too. You never know. Good. Yeah, I reviewed the um, Fire and Grace album with Gary on the show. Gary's another Very cool. guy. Yeah. So you must know Khalil then at Escape uh, Music. Yeah. I'm trying to think how, if that's how you got a hold of Gary because, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of, I, I know a lot of PR guys, a lot of managers for a lot of years. And it's, yeah. They just know me and they say, that's, Let's call Ray. Let's let him do this interview. So yeah, I, I, during the lockdown, man, I've been really busy because everybody's been at home, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. they, they all haven't put out albums, but they've been writing and recording. Exactly. I, I'm worried about the flood that might come out now once gigs are open and stuff. You never yeah. know. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Florida gigs are open. I mean, they're doing the distance thing, but uh, Kansas was just at Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater. Yeah. And it would have been sold out if they wouldn't let them. But it's, you know, it's every other seat or something like that. It, it, it Maybe it's my pods or something, too. They do these pods where you can have up to six people. We got to be in the same family or something. You know, it yeah. it's it's rough, but 
people don't realize how hard it is because it's the ticket takers, the, the vendors, the, the ushers. It's not just the sound lights in the band that need to make a living, you know, it's really, and the venue, you know, the venue costs a lot of money. So I have a theater here of 700 people that I do December people at in Campbell. It cost me $10,000 for the theater for the, oh, for the night. And that's just a 700 seat theater, you know? So it's, so, uh, it's expensive. People think you guys make a lot of money and everything. They have no clue about the expenses you guys have. And, and the, the bottom yeah. line at the end, when it's all said and done, that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I actually, I bought a really high-end copy machine, so I print my own money. So it's okay. <laughs> send me some, will you? <laughs> I, I can, I, I'll send you as much as you want. What do you need? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it $100 bills. <laughs> okay. That's really good. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite things you do, I love, and everybody needs to know about this, the December people. I mean, that is such a great project. Uh, people don't know about it. It's your Christmas music album set to classic rock. It is incredible, yeah. man. I just can't get, I it's, still can't get over it. It started as a progressive thing for a record company. Right. I did ELP, Yes, uh, King Crimson, all using well-known holiday songs, putting them yeah. in there. John Wetton sang for me, uh, Steve Walsh from Kansas. Unbelievable. It was a really successful album. And then I thought, wow, you know, sure, for me, that's great. Having, you know, um, I forget the Yes tune that I use, something off Tales of Topographic Oceans and stuff. I, I morphed them all together. But maybe this should be more mainstream. It should be ZZ Top. It should be Journey. It should well, be, because yeah. it's a family-friendly show, you know. And I got to tell you, when we do uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like Thunderstruck and Back in Black, <laughs> we have nine-year-old boys come to our show, 12-year-old boys. They go, I like that ACDC one you did. Right? How old are you? All the young boys and, and even girls, they like the classic rock stuff because they yeah. can sing the hooks. Right. They're not singing hip-hop and stuff where it's all over the place. And they're not rapping except for the, the real key ones. They're singing, I'm back in black, right? Exactly. And it's so funny. December people, I always say, is completely original and completely derivative all at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> so how does that happen? You know, and yeah. you know, Stairway to Heaven, like the night for Christmas, or Angel yeah. with Her on High, like Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. They have to fit like a glove. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if people want to hear something, go on YouTube, look yeah. for um, Silver Bells, December people, and it's Tom Petty's uh, Running on a Dream. And you would say, when you hear that, you're going to go, well, Tom Petty could have put that out and it still would have been the hit. Exactly. It fits like a glove. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's cool. You know, we got a lot of uh, traditional Christmas songs, you know, Johnny Mathis, Andy Williams, Andy Bennett, Sinatra. Yeah. But you get tired of those, you know, and, you know, you want to hear some new stuff. I just want to remind the audience. Okay, first of all, you have Sounds Like Christmas from 2000. That's one of the albums. Yeah. Rattle and, and Humbug. Right. Uh, DP3, Classic Rock Christmas, and St. Nick's Pigs, which came out in 2017. Is, is there anything else after that that last album? Or? There is. Uh, again, we have five songs ready for our next album. 2020 okay. sort of shut that down. So what we right. did. We did uh, We Will Rock You Queen video. So it's wow. on YouTube also. Uh, I was up on the rooftop and it turned out really good. We have the Queen, <laughs> the half, 
you know, the half lit caramouche, caramouche, all that stuff in the video. Right? It's just, it's just silly stuff, but it's a really good Christmas song great. or a holiday song where, well, can you imagine hearing another video we did was um, Jingle Bells, like Hot for Teacher. It's just a silly mashup, but it's a really good video and it fits like a glove. When we play, when we do about 10 shows, I haven't found the right manager to put that on the map. I'm still looking if I could find the right guy that goes, oh, my God, you know, Trans-Siberian is great, but it's sort of progressive. You can't sing Trans-Siberian. You played his background music. This stuff, it's people get the joke, basically. They love it, you know. So I'm looking for that. But when people see a show, they want to see what are they going to do next? Like we did, uh, which isn't on an album, In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins with the drum, that big drum roll in it. But we did We we Three Kings. We started the show, complete dark. We Three Kings with the chords, you know. I can feel it coming in the air. And then that drum roll hit. And David Lauser had all these samples, sounded just like the Phil Collins drum roll. And the lights came on. You see people jump out of their seats, you know. We three kings of Orient. <laughs> it's a kick, man. It's so yeah. much fun. These Christmas songs you can sing all year round, though. It's you know, it's <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really it, it's a joy to do. And we do it for charities and stuff. So it's you know, it's it's what we'll find the right management. I hope so. It'll happen. I just wanted to mention so. a few songs that I like. Jingle bells. In the style of Van Halen, yeah. We Three Kings, Steve Walsh of Kansas, Silent Night, John Wetton singing Pink Floyd, and the Us and Them type theme. Yeah. Oh my God! It just goes on and on. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Look, sounds like Lagrange from ZZ Top. <laughs> right. Right. And, I love and it. they're turned. I love it. They're turned inside out, so I can't get sued. But it feels and sounds like it's the real thing, you know. Yeah, it does. It really does. Robert, anything else you need to promote or talk about? No, you know, I, I like I say, I'm not much of a salesman. I just like talking to you. I really, I remember from last time that you really were on it, and you, you, you know what you're doing makes it nice for me because we could talk about a bunch of stuff. You, you and I just talk. You know. Yeah. Third impression has been. A, a gift that I never thought would happen um, after the rules had changed. I, people are saying, we like it better. You know, we like where you're going. And that doesn't get better than that for me because I'm already working on next year's thing. So we'll see what happens. Is there any more music left for another one with, with Keith Emerson? There, there will not be another. This is the last three albums. The la- there's three in the series. There, that's why I'm doing the vinyl. I'm going to end it. I, I can't do like Steve's doing with Yes and put some other people in it. It just, it needs to be what it was. And without Keith, I mean, Keith was live. We we do more, you know, but I can't do without him. There's just no way. Well, Robert, I'm going to do the salesman part now. You can purchase Robert (laughs) Berry's latest release, Third Impression at Amazon.com. It's the second 3.2 album uh, project that is a continuation of the band three, which featured uh, Robert Berry, Carl Palmer, and the late, great Keith Emerson. And I'm going to mention your websites, uh, www.robertberry.com. You're on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Robert Berry music. You're on twitter.com backslash the Robert Berry, instagram.com backslash Berry songs. And there's a lot of videos from the new album on YouTube. 
Well, you know what? You did a great job. Oh, you wanted to talk to that Robert Berry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You got the wrong guy. (laughs) Robert, as always, man, you are awesome. You're an incredible musician. I love your work. And keep them coming, man. And I hope you come to Florida soon. You know, very soon anyway. I, I won't tell you. I'll, I'll shake your hand next year, okay? That'd be Just, great. We'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. Okay. I appreciate <laughs> it. Man. All right, man. All right, man. We'll see you, Robert. Take care, man. Thanks. We'll talk right. again. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Very special thanks to John Lappin of Lappin Enterprises for arranging this interview with Robert Berry and, of course, the dynamic duo of Doug and Don Newsom of BBS Radio for making the magic happen for each and every broadcast of interviewing legends. If you have comments or suggestions for the show, contact me at interviewingthelegends at gmail.com. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Interviewing the Legends with Ray Shasho, for the very latest news into your inbox. And, of course, my new book entitled The Rockstar Chronicles Series 1, Chronicles Truths, Confessions, and Wisdom from the Music Legends that Set Us All Free. Order yours today now on collector's edition on the hardcover collector's edition or ebook at bookbaby.com and amazon.com it features over 45 intimate conversations with some of the greatest rock legends the world will ever know literary titan gave my book five star rating thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next time on interviewing the legends Peace, love, and take care, everybody. Be safe. Bye-bye now. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Interviewing the Legends. Brought to you by the Publicity Works Agency. Call 941 771-1552 or visit us at publicityworksagency.com specializing in author and music artist publicity plans we shine when we make you shine tune in to interviewing the legends every tuesday at 7 p.m pacific time on bbs radio station one